Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre-recorded. This is Women to Watch. To rise above all of the noise and fulfill every last one of your dreams. Women to Watch, sharing the real stories of the most accomplished women in the world. It is for those frightened children who want peace. It is for those voiceless children who want change. Be inspired by women from across the globe who are encouraging more women to pursue their dreams. True philanthropy comes from living from the heart of yourself and giving what you have been given. Now, here's the owner, founder, and host of Women to Watch, Sue Rocco. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to another week of Women to Watch. My name is Sue Rocco, and it's great to be back with all of you to bring you another fascinating story with a successful woman. Uh, I want to say thank you for all the notes and well wishes for our launch in New York last week. Um, Very much appreciate that. We hope to be making some more announcements about new markets very soon. You'll be hearing from uh, our very first Marketing Watch segment tonight from Lynn Falconio, the Chief Marketing Officer for Publicis Health. So stay tuned for that uh, brand new Watch Team segment. Joining me in just a moment will be Rebecca Costa. Rebecca is a sociobiologist and futurist whose work spans over 40 years working with founders, executives, and venture capitalists, helping to identify emerging trends and how to best respond in such a rapid and accelerating pace of change that's taking place in our society today. I have a lot of questions for Rebecca and hope to ask some of yours as well. Be sure to stay with us during the breaks where you'll hear from our exclusive watch team who brings up-to-date information and news from their industries in health, finance, law, veterans affairs, 
technology marketing and nonprofit. And don't forget to download the podcast so you never miss a show um, and sign up for our newsletter by visiting womentowatch.net. That's women, the number two, watch.net, N-E-T. So now I'm very honored and excited to welcome to the show Rebecca Costa. Rebecca, thanks so much for being with me. Well, thank you for having me. I wanted to um, start off the show talking about your, which I would say is a very unique upbringing, um, and you've spoken publicly about your ability to see kind of the big picture on things and how that connects directly to your upbringing. I wanted to have you talk a few minutes about um, those days and what you remember most. Well, uh, as you know, I I grew up predominantly in Japan, and at the time, uh, there weren't very many, um, you know, uh, white Caucasian kids going to Japanese schools (laughs) at (laughs) at that particular uh, point in time. So I went through the Japanese school system uh, and uh, uh, was pulled out of that. My father was working for the CIA. I did not know that at the time. And uh, he was offered a, a high-ranking position in Vinh in Laos during the Vietnam War. And so we went from a highly industrialized, civilized country to living in the middle of a jungle protected by armed guards as uh, the United States uh, CIA was trying to prevent the path at Laos from overtaking uh, uh, the capital of Vinh in Laos. Uh, for people who are not familiar with what was going on in the Vietnam War in the same way uh, that there uh, there were parallels going on in Cambodia where the Khmer Rouge uh, were trying to take over and where the Path of Lao were trying to take over in Laos. And, um, um, and that really had a a real uh, effect on me as a as a young teenager because uh, living in uh, one of the most industrial societies and then going to a rather primitive lifestyle uh, and then uh, from there being evacuated out as the path at Lao took over Vinchin, we were evacuated to Thailand and then back to the United States uh, to a very upscale suburban neighborhood. And I think that all of those life experiences, you know, sort of um, uh, forced me at a young age to stand back and look at larger systems. And I became uh, very interested in um, sociobiology in college, the, the, um, uh, which is the study of how genetics really and, and our prehistoric history affects how societies evolve and how individuals behave within that society. So tell me, uh, you know, I had a we had a wonderful conversation a couple of weeks ago, and I asked you about what you feel is behind your your drive and your ambition and your continued, um, I'll say, search for truth. And you said to me, you think a lot of what you do is driven by fear. And I wonder yes, if you can... I'm, I'm very fear-driven, uh, and that's not a good thing, by the way. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't recommend it. Right. Uh, but I think that being in a war zone and, and uh, be, having to be very, very cautious of your survival, knowing that you could be killed at any moment, uh, you know, really does drive your fear. And also, my father was a big believer that you had to earn your keep, and so I, I had financial fear as well when I left home. Would I be able to take care of myself? Because, 
you know, my parents were big believers that you don't move back in home. You know, you're not coming home. You're you're on your own, you're launched, and you have everything you need to go out and do good in the world and be a productive citizen. So there, there was also that, and, and I, I suffered from any number of insecurities. But the point is, is that, you know, you can have things that are not really very good for you happen in your childhood and then channel that energy appropriately so that you can be a successful, productive individual. So while I'm driven by fear, I really channeled that fear in a way that allowed me to be successful and, uh, and to lead a, a good life. That's exactly right. We're going to go into our first break. Excuse me, I'm with Rebecca Costa, sociobiologist and futurist. Stay tuned for our watch team. We'll be right back. Now, the women to watch. Marketing Watch. Hi, everyone. I'm Lynn Falconio, Chief Marketing Officer for Publicis Health, one of the world's largest healthcare marketing and communication networks. I'm thrilled to join the Women to Watch team as the voice of Marketing Watch. I've built my career working for an incredible group of businesses, from tech startups to large global marketing agencies, and a consistent theme in all of my various roles has been a deep affection for human-centric storytelling. To me, marketing is all about telling stories that make people care and move them to action. This is especially true when it comes to health and wellness. I believe healthcare marketing plays an essential role in healthcare overall because the information and resources that healthcare marketers create allow people to feel confident about engaging with their health. In this context, engagement is good medicine. As healthcare marketers, it's our job to give people the inspiration and motivation to take control of their health and well-being. Since the pandemic locked down much of the world, people across all industry sectors have asked the question, when will things go back to normal? But what if that's the wrong question to ask? The COVID-19 pandemic has forever changed the many aspects of society and business. The real question isn't how do we return to normal, but instead, how do we reimagine the next normal? As much of the world continues the difficult and important work of flattening the curve, Next week, I'll unpack how marketers of all stripes are approaching life under the curve as we all race toward the next normal. I'm delighted to join the Women to Watch team, and over the next few weeks, I'll be looking forward to sharing my thoughts and perspective working at the intersection of marketing, health, technology, and creativity. Until next time, I'm Lynn Falconio for Marketing Watch. Now the Women to Watch, Legal Watch. This is Nicole Hitner at Ballard Spar Law Firm for Legal Watch. Entrepreneurs and small business owners across the country have been hit hard by the COVID-19 pandemic. Many are closed indefinitely. The federal government stepped in to offer billions of dollars in assistance through the PPP and CARES Act, but the need for funds remains high. This is especially true for women and minority business owners who are passed over by lending institutions who favored pre-existing customers when distributing funds. Ballard Spar has a robust emerging growth practice that provides strategic counsel to entrepreneurs and early stage businesses across the country and across various industries. 
Many of our attorneys, including me, advise companies and venture capital funds on financing and exit transactions from assessment and due diligence through closing and post-closing matters. In response to the pandemic, we also launched the Entrepreneur Legal Relief Program, providing discounted legal services and business support to entrepreneurs and emerging growth companies. You can find all the details on our website. There are so many women, especially moms, reassessing their career paths right now. We can be a life raft in the storm. Reach out to me for help. This is Nicole Hittner at Ballard Spar for your legal watch. This is Women to Watch with Sue Rocco, Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm speaking with Rebecca Costa this evening, and um, your work, Rebecca, is so, so fascinating to me. And just before the break, we were talking a little bit about how you feel that a lot of your work is, is driven by fear. But at the same time, um, I think that you have a great knowledge of global issues and challenges, but yet you're very optimistic. Um, I wanted to share a quote. You said, I'm very optimistic that we will be the society to solve the current pressing issues. Um, that made me feel better <laughs> about, you know, things that we worry about. Um, tell me what you think points to that, your, your, your belief in that. Well, I know... Uh, that presently we're living through a, a very disruptive and unsettling time, and people don't feel good about the world. They see climate change wreaking havoc. They see viruses like COVID shutting down economies. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's, um, it, it, it doesn't feel, you know, in our guts like a, a very promising time. Um, and, and we have to understand that from an a evolutionary standpoint, our bodies are only, our physiology is only designed to respond to short-term danger. If I throw a snake down at your feet, your body immediately floods with chemicals and you go into fight or flight. But when I talk to you about climate change 20 years out, or if you ever sat down with one of your kids and tried to talk to them about retirement, you know, um, I try to talk to my kids who are in their 20s about retirement and their eyes roll you know, saving up for retirement and their eyes roll up in the back of their heads like, oh, mom, you know, you got to be <laughs> kidding me. So, you know, we're just not designed. And so whether it's the it's a, a, an increasing deficit uh, that's out of control or whether it's knowledge that a virus such as COVID-19 could begin to contaminate and move very, very quickly on a global basis and and is highly contagious and would jump the animal chain to humans and then uh, be contracted human to human. Uh, whether we have knowledge of that or not, we just aren't designed to take action. And, um, uh, and, and, and that's a physiological obstacle. And we have to really acknowledge that and come to terms with the fact that, that uh, I could tell you about global warming turning into global burning, but your heartbeat is not going to go up even one beat per hour. Um, and so, you know, we're not designed to take action on long-term uh, issues. But here is what is going to change that, um, and, and that is predictive analytics. We are collecting so much data, billions and trillions of, of data points, to the point where our um, analysis of what is going to happen next is getting more and more precise with every passing second. And so our, uh, our ability to forecast hurricanes is getting more and more better. I mean, I mean, if you think about it, last year the GOES satellites gave us 
three times the data and three times the resolution that we used to have before. And so you can imagine the impact that has on the accuracy of tracing these superstorms, where they're going to go, where they're going to land, how much rainfall. We're not perfect yet, but we're getting better and better at it. And as we get better at predicting negative outcomes and threats, we're able to now uh, forge public policy or, as an individual, react to it and mitigate and, and either, cre- uh, either allow the uh, outcome to be smaller and affect us in a, in a lesser way or completely uh, bypass it altogether. And so this is what gives me great hope. I believe artificial intelligence and predictive analytics will allow us to see what the negative outcome is going to be and then allow us the opportunity, and again, that's the key word, opportunity, to avoid that negative experience. Rebecca, for the listeners who might not know what it means to be a sociobiologist or a futurist, can you, you know, in, a, in simple terms, tell them what your work encompasses? Well, my, my work is to look at our, how human physiology has evolved and how that affects how societies are formed and how individuals behave in that society. We like to deny that there's any genetic imperatives, but, you know, there are many, many things that, that served us well when we were prehistoric uh, creatures and don't no longer serve us uh, particularly well in modern society. Uh, territoriality might be one of them, or, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, greed, uh, overeating. You know, in prehistoric times, uh, you, you used up as many calories climbing to the top of a tree to eat an apple uh, as you did eating the apple. So, you know, there was a balance there. Now there's a, you know, there's a deli case uh, in a, a Starbucks on every corner, and so you could get lots of calories, and, and most of us can't stop taking those calories in. So there's a lot of behaviors that are uh, remnants of, uh, of behaviors that, that served society and individuals well uh, when we were prehistoric creatures and, uh, you know, don't necessarily serve us as well in modern society. You know, this, this topic in particular is, is, is so interesting because I think there's always a I don't want to say an argument, but people have opinions on how much of our behavior is genetics and how much is our environment, you know, and and where we grew up and how we were raised. I'd love to talk about that a little bit more when we come back. Stay tuned for our watch team. We'll be right back. Now the women to watch military watch. This is Carol Eggert, senior vice president of military affairs at Comcast NBC Universal. Have you ever wondered what back-to-school looks like for our military communities? When I ask my civilian colleagues to join me for a visit to one of our military installations, they are always surprised about what they see versus what they imagined an installation would be like. They had expected to see a buzz of activity, troops marching and singing cadences everywhere, planes flying overhead, tanks rolling down the street, and the sound of rifle and cannon fire echoing in the distance. Though these are common experiences on a military base, they occur most often out in the training corridor. But the sights that surprise them most can be found in what the military calls the garrison area, which is a scene similar to any town in the United States. Neighborhoods of single-family homes, playgrounds, shopping centers, movie theaters, grocery stores, 
gas stations, and yes, military schools. Military installations are where the important work of the military is conducted, but they are also where our military families live and raise their children, including sending them to school. The Department of Defense Education Activity operates 160 schools worldwide with 50 locations and over 21,000 students in the United States. According to the American Association of School Administrators, there are 1.2 million military children worldwide and 80% attend public schools in the United States. So like all other school-aged children, military kids going to school on or near military bases are facing a very different looking learning environment because of the COVID-19 pandemic. As faculty and school administrators are adapting to new communications and remote learning options, internet connectivity has never been more vital for our teachers. That's why Comcast recently announced a new Xfinity internet offer for K through 12 teachers and administrators to help them prepare for the upcoming school year. Though school looks different this year, the value of a quality education remains the same in preparing our children for the future. To learn more about what Comcast is doing to support our educators, head to Xfinity.com backslash teachers. Since 1858, Mount St. Joseph Academy has been educating girls to be leaders, founders, and independent thinkers. Students are taught to be collaborative, courageous, compassionate, confident, and spiritual. In this student-centered environment, the young women are transformed by recognizing their own potential and are encouraged to use it to make a difference in the world. To learn more about Mount St. Joseph Academy, go to www.msjacad.org or call 215-233-3177. That's msjacad.org or 215-233-3177. Hi, Sue Rocco here, host of Women to Watch. Are you a fan of the show? If so, be sure to sign up for our podcast at womentowatch.net so you never miss a show and can listen on your own time. That's women, the number two, watch.net, N-E-T. Now, the Women to Watch, Health Watch. For Health Watch, I'm Dr. Marianne Ritchie. Varicose veins, not pretty. Let's talk about vessels in general. Arteries carry blood filled with oxygen from the heart to all your organs, arms, and legs. Clotbuster medicine can prevent a stroke, or a tiny tube called a stent can open a cholesterol plaque, prevent a heart attack, or open flow to your leg to prevent gangrene. Veins collect the blood from the tissue that use the oxygen and bring it back to the heart. Normal veins have a valve to keep the blood flowing in one direction. If the valves don't work, the blood can flow backwards and pool in your lower legs. Increased pressure causes veins to swell or become varicose. Most commonly are the mild cases, thin blue or purple lines called spider veins. Wider, twisted veins that can bulge are varicose veins. In severe cases, the skin can turn to dark red or brown, turn dry and scaly, sometimes chronic ulcers which can become infected. Pressure increase comes with sudden weight gain with pregnancy or obesity, standing or sitting for long periods without walking, About 50% of Americans will develop some mild changes with spider veins, especially now with lockdown, spending much more time in front of a computer. So get up and move about every 90 minutes to two hours. Pregnant women, if you take a long car ride, get out at a rest stop every two hours. Same for plane rides, get up and move. Compression stockings alone are not enough. Elevate your legs about 30 minutes a few times a day. Compression stockings, be sure to ask your doctor what kind. 
Ablation, a procedure to remove unsightly or painful veins. Sclerotherapy uses a tiny hair width needle to inject glue into spider veins, which then collapse and fade. Thermal ablation with laser or radio frequency uses a tiny tube or catheter placed through a small nick in the vein that heats up and seals the vein from inside. Either can be done in the doctor's office with local anesthesia. Larger veins may need surgery in the hospital. Ask your doctor what's best for you. Cause divas, it's okay to be vain about your veins. You're listening to Women to Watch with Sue Rocco on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm really thrilled to have Rebecca Costa with me this evening. Um, again, she's a sociobiologist and futurist. And um, I wanted to ask you, Rebecca, I think there's always an ongoing conversation um, around how much of our behavior is genetics and how much is how we were raised or our environment. And you've really tied human behavior to genetics. And I watched a, um, an interview you did where you gave a really good example of how what happened in the very, very beginning has carried over, you know, thousands of years later to today. And I wonder if you can, you know, give one of those examples. Well, I'm, I'm going to give a humorous example because we could all, you know, use an opportunity to Good. smile or laugh. Yeah. Uh, many times when I consult with uh, corporate executives, they, they don't want to account for any genetically based behaviors at all. Um, and I'm not really sure why. Uh, but, uh, but you know, what, I remember one time speaking to a, a corporate executive, and, and, he, and I was discussing the fact that uh, many of his divisions were siloed and there was a great deal of territoriality occurring uh, within the division rather than collaboration. And, uh, and, and this was really hampering their ability to move faster and, and, and uh, make greater progress. And he, he wasn't completely in agreement. And so I asked him if he ever did any grocery shopping for his family. And he said, yeah, every now and again, he and his wife, they alternate going to the grocery store. And I said, well, let me, let me do you a big favor and save you a lot of time. The next time you go to the grocery store, you don't need to go up and down all those aisles and get your food. All you need to do is get your cart and go up to the checkout line where other people are waiting to pay for their food and just shop out of their carts because everything you want is in their carts, bread, eggs, milk, you know, all the things that you're going to buy, they, they have in their carts. I said, what do you suppose would happen? And, and he said, I, I can't, I'm not going to do that. And I said, well, it doesn't belong to them. They haven't paid for it yet. It belongs to the store. Mm. And so there's nothing wrong with shopping out of somebody's cart. You haven't done anything wrong. And he said, oh, my God, they call the managers. You know, some guy would probably punch me. And I said, why do you suppose that is? The things in your grocery cart do not belong to you. You have not paid for them yet. And yet, if someone came over and began shopping out of your cart, pandemonium would ensue. And why is that? Because the cart is your territory. You, you claim it as your territory. And in, in nature, your territory of a, of a troop-dwelling organism contains all the water and food and security that you need to be able to survive. And so those territorial instincts, they still exist within us. Um, and so, you know, but they, but they show up in really odd ways, like this grocery cart is my territory, get your hands out of it. Actually, if you just even mistakenly go over to someone's cart and accidentally put something in, they go, hey, 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 that's my cart. 
And if you look at them and say, well, actually, you don't own the cart, and actually, you don't own anything <laughs> in it, and I'm going to take stuff out of it, you know, you're going to have fisticuffs. So, uh, you know, th- this, is, this is a typical example of that kind of behavior. But it also ensues in corporations and in nonprofits. And when you're a sociobiologist, you're always looking at how the organization works, how, how it doesn't work, and how the individuals are behaving from a biological standpoint. Mm. Rebecca, tell me what most excites you about the work that you do. And have you had any recent um, aha moments or revelations? Well, what excites me about the work I do is, is that we're all trapped in this biological spacesuit, so to speak. And so we have similar programming, and it's not always clear to us why we're deciding or doing or behaving the way that we are. And when I can explain the history of humankind and tie ancient uh, human evolution to uh, modern behaviors or choices, uh, uh, it's always, uh, I always see people's eyes light up and they get a smile on their face, and they realize that it's neither good nor bad. You know, there's no value judgment here. There's no good or bad. It's just, it, it just is. Uh, I watched you speak about um, what you describe as a third form of problem solving, that we haven't figured out how to induce, and, and, and that centers around kind of those breakthrough moments. What, yeah, what are there, you- there are what we call aha moments where you may have a really, really complex, multifaceted problem, and uh, you sleep or you're in your shower or you're driving, and all of a sudden you have an aha moment, and you know exactly what, sh- what you should do. And uh, neuroscientists have studied people and discovered that there's a small part of the brain that lights up like a, you know, uh, uh, like a bonfire when these aha moments occur. But there's also a shutting down of of other auxiliary uh, processes in the brain. And it seems as though that we're not quite, our brains are not quite evolved to be able to solve these level of complex problems 24-7. They happen very rarely, but, but everybody has experienced them. You know, you might be working on a house and you can't figure out, you know, how to, how to do the plumbing or the electrical. You might be working on a math problem for school. Uh, you might be, you know, trying to figure out your finances. You, you know, you, you stumble upon something that's really, really tough and above your pay grade, and, uh, and then all of a sudden the solution comes to you. And the interesting thing about these aha moments is whatever solution that does come to you almost out of thin air, you can't trace how you got the solution. That's the interesting uh, characteristic of an aha moment. But, um, but what's really fascinating is it's always correct. The answer is always 100% correct. So do you think that that is the brain? Or is it is that the brain. The, we know it it's is... the brain, and we know you have the capability of it, but it seems as though the human brain is not quite evolved to be able to do it all the time. Believe me, I've tried everything to try to trigger more aha moments. Uh, you can't <laughs> force them. They kind of come out of thin air, and we're, we're just, our brains are not developed to be able to do it. Right. Listen, we're going to go into our next break. Stay tuned for our watch team, and we'll be back with Rebecca Costa. Now, the women to watch. Tech Watch. 
Hi, I'm Mary Manso from Pathways Consulting Group. A couple of weeks ago, I talked about the changes we're experiencing in 2020. As example, it's now becoming the new norm for companies to allow you and even mandate you to work from home. In some cases, we're being fast-forwarded into the future way that work gets done and where it's done from. With this change is incredible opportunity for women in technology who, due to any number of circumstances, have found themselves in a position where working from home would work to their advantage. And with so much talent out there, if you're a hiring manager or owner of a company, you know that by adding diversity to your teams, you're adding collective intelligence, and collective intelligence can increase your bottom line. So maybe now's the time to create more diversity within your organization. So, whether you're a woman looking for a new job opportunity or a company looking to increase diversity, here are some great job boards that might help you. HireTechLadies.com TechLadies is a worldwide community of 100,000 members. Through a supportive online group, a free job board, and opportunities to learn, they help tech ladies grow their careers. Founded by Allison Esposito Medina, TechLadies started as a small coffee meetup in New York City in 2015. She left her job at Google the following year to run Tech Ladies full-time. HireHer.co, also known as Shiro, is a simple recruiting platform for female tech talent. They help phenomenally talented women land jobs at awesome tech companies looking to hire great people, grow, and diversify their talent. WomenInTechnology.org, their belief is that when one woman helps another, amazing things can happen. Professional careers can leap forward, and that's what Women in Technology is all about. Based on our investigation at Pathways, we'll be joining these job boards. I'm so excited to see what the results will be. For more information on this topic, email me at mary at pathwayscg.com. Introducing Pathways Consulting Group, a company that will align your IT needs with your business goals. Pathways is a full-service ServiceNow partner. What does that mean? It's simple. Pathways will collaborate and design, develop, and deploy solutions for your company today that will define tomorrow. Pathways will provide world-class enterprise service management solutions. Pathways Consulting Group. They listen. They care. They execute. Go to PathwaysCG.com. That's PathwaysCG.com. If you believe that family, charity, or money is deeply important for the greater good, Fortis Wealth and you to a highly personalized financial discovery process to help you visualize your financial legacy. It's not for everyone, but if you're willing to invest the time and thought, they can offer advice and strategies to help you accomplish your dreams. Fortis Advisors is a wholly owned subsidiary of Fortis Wealth, an investment advisor registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission. Visit Fortis-Wealth.com today because tomorrow is waiting. Now the women to watch. Finance Watch. Hi, this is Terry, and I'm from Fortis Wealth. Anyone interested in saving for a child's college education has many investment choices. Here's a quick overview of plans designed to save for education. One of the most popular ways to save is the 529 College Savings Plan. Money compounds on a tax-free basis, and withdrawals used to pay for qualified college expenses are tax-free too. Some states allow the funds to be used tax-free for K-12 private school tuition. Each state has its own version of the 529, which are generally not limited to the plan offered in your resident state. There's no federal income tax deduction for contributions, but some states offer a deduction or a credit. Gift tax limits apply also. Coverdell education savings accounts offer growth on a tax-free basis too. Withdrawals can be used for education expenses at any level. However, contributions are limited to $2,000 per year per beneficiary, and they must be made by the time the child is 18. Income limits apply for eligible savers. 
Many people are familiar with the UGMA and UTMA custodial accounts. Funds don't have to be used for education, but they must be used for the benefit of the specific child. Growth on the account is not tax-free, but the first $2,100 of earnings and gains are subject to lower tax rates. One disadvantage is that the minor child takes direct ownership of the assets at 18 or 21, depending on the state. Education savings is another reason for using a Roth IRA. They offer tax-free compounding, and there's an exception to the early withdrawal penalty if the funds are used for qualified education expenses. Income and contribution limitations apply, and the earnings are on withdrawals are subject to income tax. Money not spent for education can then be used for retirement instead. As you can see, there are many details and tax implications, not to mention the possible financial aid impact to consider when choosing a plan for college savings. Consult with your financial advisor to see which ones may be a good fit for your education goals. This is Terry. Peace out. Now, more of Women to Watch with Sue Rocco on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm speaking with Rebecca Costa. And, um, you know, before the break, we were talking about those aha moments and breakthroughs, which really are just so fascinating. You can be thinking really hard about something or working on something and searching and searching, and all of a sudden the answer appears. And I'm curious whether we know that that is the brain at work or whether that is that unknown um, who we who we really are and everyone has a different word for that you know spirit soul source what do you what is your take on that well you're talking to a scientist so i can only talk about things that there's empirical evidence to discuss i i don't you know i, I as far as spirit or you know, uh, uh, a di- divine intervention and those things, uh, science cannot prove or disprove that that may be the case. I can only speak about what neuroscientists have been able to document, measure, and observe and record uh, and, and do that repeatedly under uh, similar circumstances. Um, that's what makes science so interesting. Uh, but I, you know, as far as, you know, is, could that be divine intervention? Absolutely. Um, we, we in science cannot prove or disprove certain things, so we have to live with a certain amount of ambivalence. Um, and, you know, anything you can't prove or disprove, you, you have to leave to other people to decide because it's not the domain of science. Mm-hmm. And you've actually seen a visual of this, though, right? Was, there oh, was, of course, yes. yeah. Many yeah. visuals. And, you know, people can read up on uh, what's called insight uh, and aha moments. You can, you can go online. You, there are books about it. There are many, many scientific papers that have been done where they show the visuals of what really occurs during an aha moment. Our, our brains are not designed to be able to do it all the time, but we, we do know exactly how it functions and what occurs in the brain. Outside of the brain, I can't speak to. Okay. Well, listen, it's, it's really easy today to become overwhelmed when looking at all of the big challenges we're facing, um, whether it's disease or war or climate change, the economy, uh, mental illness, right? These are things that I think with our um, ability to see what's happening and read about what's happening on such a, you know, continual information overload, I think it exacerbates everything. And I had a listener who wanted to know, what are you most fearful of when looking at the collection of all of these issues that are big, big problems? 
Well, I always think that if we can lean on science and technology, it won't steer us wrong. You know, more and more we're, we're trusting our, uh, our smart speakers in our home. You know, your neighbor might say, hey, you should take a jacket. It might rain tonight. But if you, if you come home and you say, Alexa, what's the weather for tonight? And it says, you know, it won't rain till tomorrow. You're probably going to believe Alexa and, the, and your smart speaker. In a similar way, um, uh, you know, we're able to prevent many, many um, threats and dangers from happening by uh, leaning on technology. We now know that if your normal walking gait changes by three or five centimeters, that's the precursor for, for you tripping and falling and hurting yourself within a three-week time window. Um, imagine what that does for the elderly if we can develop a Fitbit that, you know, uh, uh, goes on your ankle and, and pings your phone that your normal, your everyday normal walking gait is changed by three to five centimeters, which is indiscernible by the human eye. It will allow people to live independently, not break a hip and wind up in assisted living, which is typically those falls uh, uh, result in losing your ability to live independently. So, if you think about, you know, how much we, re- we can rely on technology and science, if you ask me what I'm fearful of for the future, it's that we won't trust science and technology. There's so much distrust in the world and so much fear uh, that, you know, we won't trust the scientists. And mm. I think to the extent we can get more scientists and more objective uh, voices, and, and because I have a, a really important saying I'd like to get out there, and that yes. science is the opposite of politics. Ah. Well, you know what? That leads me to my, my next question. So, um, you know, in solving problems from a political standpoint, politicians, no matter what side they're on, right, left, middle, they always say, we must come together. Um, but they rarely do and or they find it difficult. And I would say, you know, that's that um, needing to compromise. But how when they all hold different core beliefs, what is the right situation for compromise to happen? Well, we have to remember collaboration and, and cooperation is in our DNA. We've been talking about our evolutionary history and genetic predispositions. And we have to understand that collaboration is part of who we are as human beings. This is why we like movies where, you know, the blockbusters where a meteor is going to hit the earth and all the heads of state come together to, you know, uh, bring all the scientists together to to come up with a solution or uh, space aliens are attacking us and all war ceases uh, in the in the world Um, because because uh, in earlier times when there was a threat that was bigger than any single individual, we collaborated and we, we relied on each other to fend off that threat. And that's why we're a social organism uh, by nature. And so we have to understand that if the threat gets big enough, you can count on human beings to drop whatever prejudices and, and, and politics and come together. And you saw that after 9-11, and you will see it again as Mm. the threat uh, begins to build. I want to talk to you real quick about um, positivity, because I'm convinced that, you know, can-do people, the ones that always say, yeah, we can do it, um, are more likely to be successful. You know, that mindset leads to all kinds of unexpected opportunities. Um, Do you believe that? 
Well, for one thing, there's a lot of scientific evidence that positive, optimistic, can-do people uh, tend to attract more people that want to work with them and collaborate with them. So if for no other reason, being an upbeat person uh, is going to uh, allow you to have a bigger network and bigger uh, interdependence and more opportunities. Uh, Who wants to work with somebody who's a Debbie Downer? Nobody. Uh, So, yeah, you know, I mean, to me, that's very logical. Right. You know what, Rebecca, I I could talk to you for a whole other hour. I wish I had another hour, but I'm so appreciative of your taking time to share a little bit about, you know, your work and and your beginning. And uh, I hope that you'll stay in touch. I'll be sharing that science is the opposite of politics. I like that. (laughs) Thank you. That is it, everyone, for another week of Women to Watch. Thank you so much to our watch team and our sponsors for their support. And thanks so much for continuing to stay in touch with us, sending your questions and tuning in. Have a great and safe week, everyone. Thanks for listening to Women to Watch with Sue Rocco, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Kraus at 267-261-3428. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHD or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite.